Welcome to another episode of V for Vaccination. I hope everyone's day is going well. Last time we introduced ourselves and today we'll be discussing vaccine preventable diseases and some details about each of them. So let's get right into it. So what exactly are vaccine preventable diseases? As the name suggests, they are diseases that we can prevent or stop people from getting by receiving a vaccine. And there's 16 vaccine preventable diseases that are on the Center for Disease Controls or CDC's childhood immunization list. So it's likely that if you received any shots as a child that you're vaccinated for these diseases. But there are also certain vaccines that you may need to get as an adult. So we will get into it later. Okay, so let's dive in. What's the first vaccine preventable disease or VPD? So the first one is diphtheria. What's diphtheria? It is a disease caused by the bacterium Corneobacterium diphtheriae. The bacteria makes a toxin that causes people to get very sick. A toxin? What is that? So in very simple terms, it's a poison or a venom that's released by a bacteria or a virus. And so from the name, you can understand that it's something that's very toxic. This infection can be transmitted easily by direct indirect contact as well as in droplets. So let's start by saying, what is direct contact? It's human-to-human transmission, uh, such as kissing or hugging an infected person. There's also indirect contact, which is like touching infected surfaces or fomites, which is a technical term for inanimate objects. And these are things like your phone, your laptop, door handles, tabletops, and the list goes on. So an example would be like sneezing into your hand and then touching a pen and then passing that pen to someone else who uses it and then they touch their eyes or mouth. Another mode of transmission is droplet transmission. And this is when sneezing and coughing droplets in a radius of six feet or two meters. And so in diphtheria specifically, transmission occurs mostly through the respiratory tract. So your mouth, nose, throat, airways and lungs, et cetera. And a sore throat is the main symptom as well as the glands in your neck becoming very swollen. And before vaccination, diphtheria was actually considered one of the most terrible diseases for all socioeconomic classes, and it was the leading cause of childhood, childhood death around the world, including the United States. But due to the success of the U.S. immunization program, diphtheria is now nearly unheard in the United States. However, the disease continues to cause illness globally, and there have been outbreaks reported in recent years. In 2018 in specific, countries reported more than 16,000 cases of diphtheria to the World Health Organization, and there are likely many more cases. And when we discuss diseases, we need to consider reservoirs or who can carry and transmit the disease. In diphtheria specifically, the only reservoir is humans, so it can technically become eradicated or gotten rid of. So wait, wait, what do you mean by eradication exactly? So eradication is when there are zero cases of infection for that specific disease worldwide. So at that point, the pathogen is basically completely gone. Whoa, that's cool. But how do you do that? It's really accomplished through vaccination. So if people are immunized, they won't be able to contract and spread the disease to other people. And this relates to another concept called herd immunity, which we'll discuss in a future episode. So the vaccines are available are 95% effective, and they are the DTAP and Tdap, as well as the DT and DTP. Now, don't be overwhelmed by these names. You might get, you might be confused at first, but they're just acronyms for the three diseases they protect you against, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. DTP is not used in the US, but it is used in some parts of the world. And TD can be used if you have any allergies or reactions towards the DTAP vaccine. So you will get DTAP 
as a child in three to five shots and Tdap as a booster shot every 10 years. And we'll go into more detail about specific vaccines and how they work in a later episode. Tetanus is the next VPD. So tetanus is a disease that's caused by a bacteria called Clostridium tetani that enters the body through cuts and open wounds. And so this disease is also caused by a toxin that's released by this bacteria. It's called tetanophasmin, which is a neurotoxin, meaning it attacks the brain. And tetanus causes painful muscle spasm, and there are actually different forms of tetanus. Thanks to vaccines, this disease is less common. The vaccines, again, are DTAP, Tdap, or TD. For tetanus, the reservoir are organisms that are found in the soil and intestinal tracts of animals and humans, so it cannot be eradicated or gotten rid of. The next VPD is pertussis. So pertussis, uh, or maybe you're more familiar with whooping cough, is caused by a bacterial infection. The bacteria is actually bordetella pertussis, such a fancy name, right? <laughs> and basically what it does is just produces a toxin that attacks your respiratory tract and causes inflammation. And so it causes the patient to cough. And later, if the infection goes on, you can develop the characteristic whooping cough. It is highly contagion and it will spread to any individuals who you come in contact with if they're not vaccinated. And so transmission is, again, through respiratory droplets, and it has similar symptoms to the common cold or flu, which makes it very difficult to diagnose or you'll even realize that you have pertussis in the first place. But there are some more severe symptoms that can last over the month, especially if you get to that whooping cough stage. And pertussis can also lead to complications like difficulty breathing, rib fractures, and or even death in some cases. And these complications are far more severe in infants and children and can have long-lasting effects. And the, the vaccine really helped reduce cases of this public threat so much that people didn't really know about the disease anymore. And this led to a lot of misinformation and refusal of getting the vaccine. So then the cases are going up and children are seeing the negative consequences of it. So the vaccine for pertussis is also DTaP and Tdap. Because pertussis is so contagious and deadly in infants and children, it is recommended that you do get a Tdap booster if you're pregnant or will be around an infant. So parents, grandparents, siblings, babysitters, childcare providers, and healthcare personnel are protected. And for pertussis, the only reservoir is humans, so it can be eradicated. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> Another one. So the next VPD is hepatitis A. Hepatitis A is a liver infection that's caused by the hepatitis A virus. And this virus is usually found in stool and blood of people who are infected. Hepatitis A is very contagious. It is spread when someone unknowingly ingests the virus, even in microscopic amounts. Though close personnel contact with an infected person or through eating contaminated food or drink. This is, a food, this is also a foodborne or waterborne disease as well. So symptoms of hepatitis A can last up to two months, and this includes fatigue, nausea, stomach pain, and jaundice. Most people, people with hepatitis A do not have a long-lasting illness, though. And you can guess it. The best way to prevent hepatitis A is to get vaccinated. And again, even for hepatitis A, the reservoir is only human, so it can be eradicated. And of course, you do it with vaccination. There, um, so there are two inactivated virus 
vaccines for hepatitis A that are available. It is, they're known as the Havrix and the Vaxa. They are actually a pediatric and adult formulations for people who are 12 months through 18 years and for people 19 years or older, respectively. Twinrix is actually another kind of vaccine for hepatitis A, and this is a combination of both the hepatitis A and hepatitis B. And that leads us to our next BPD, which is hepatitis B. So, and it's caused by the hepatitis B virus. And it actually causes inflammation in the liver. And this disease can be acute or chronic. Hepatitis B is primarily transmitted through bodily fluids uh, from an infected person. And usually it is acquired via sexual contact or sharing syringes. It can also be spread from mother to child during birth. It is very dangerous for infants because they cannot fight off the infection. And that is why the vaccination is given right after birth. And the vaccine is actually a recombinant vaccine and it's given in three doses. And of course, recommended for all infants soon after birth. The vaccine effort has been successful because from 1987 to 2004, hepatitis B cases decreased by 80% in the U.S., and that's a really good news, especially since for Hep B, again, the only reservoir is humans, so it can be eradicated if we keep up with vaccination efforts. Down with the hepatitis, now we're going to go into human papillomavirus, or maybe, if you guys know it, HPV. And what is it, but, uh, HPV? It's basically the most common sexually transmitted infection in the U.S. And HPV is actually another one of the viruses that causes cervical cancer, which affects 250,000 women every year. It could also cause vaginal, penile, anal, or oral cancers as well. And so human papillomaviruses are very small DNA viruses that can infect epithelium or skin cells. And it's mainly transmitted from human to human contact, particularly through sexual intercourse, um, because it can spread through skin lesions as well. However, it does not spread into the bloodstream. So the higher the amount of partners someone could have, the higher chances of getting HPV. But it could really take only one infected partner for transmission. Also, condoms, which are highly effective, may not cover all the skin, so it can still put you at risk. And this infection is sometimes mistakenly linked to prejudice of promiscuity and infidelity, but this is not true. And We'll go into this a little bit later in a future episode. And for HPV, the reservoir is again only humans, so it can be eradicated through vaccination. If people are immunized, they won't be able to contract and spread the disease. We are going to talk more about HPV with our guest, Dr. Brundell, in the upcoming episode, so make sure to check it out. There are actually three HPV vaccines available. You may be familiar with Jardicel, but there is an updated vaccine called the Jardicel 9, which protects against more strains. We'll discuss this in a later episode as well. And if you want to get more information about HPV, check out the documentary Someone You Love, The HPV Epidemic. It talks about five women and their own experiences with HPV. It is very powerful. We definitely recommend it. Literally, after I watched it, I immediately felt the need to make sure I was up to date on vaccination, scheduling my pap smear. It's super effective. So our next BPD is influenza. Wait, wait, wait. I have a joke before we start. Something you don't know about me is that I'm actually a really, really funny person. <laughs> the bar is set really high now after you said that. Okay. What happened when the flu joined Instagram? She became an influenza. 
Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Did you hear that? It's the sound of her followers dropping. Thanks, Tyler. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay, anyway, influenza or the common flu is a very contagious seasonal virus. There are so many different strains due to the genetic variations and mutations in the virus, and some flu strains have also caused pandemics, such as the one of 1918. It can spread very quickly and is transmitted through direct, indirect, and respiratory transmission. The first vaccine was actually developed in 1940, but every year the vaccine changes because of the variety of strains present. And the vaccine can be via injection or with a nasal spray. And there are a few different types of uh, influenza vaccines available, but what's really important is that you need to get a flu shot every year because there's new strains of influenza each season because the virus itself can mutate very quickly and create a lot of changes. So the previous year's vaccine may not be as effective to protect you. So remember, always get a flu shot every year. So the last VPD we're going to be talking about today is the Haemophilus influenzae which is not to be confused with influenza. It is called the Haemophilus influenza type B bacteria. Or Hib, to shorten and make it easier. And there are actually six different serotypes, but type B is the most common and is the one that causes 95% of invasive disease. And it actually enters the body through the respiratory system and it actually attaches to the nasal pharynx. It infects children younger than two years old. It is transmitted through direct contact and droplet transmission. For neonates, it can also be transmitted from the mother during birth via contact with amniotic fluid and genital tract secretions. And the main symptoms for Hib are fever, cough, shortness of breath, pain, muscle aches, and tiredness. But if it's left untreated, it can lead to some serious complications such as meningitis, pneumonia, and unfortunately death in some cases as well. So... Uh, the only reservoir is again human, so it could be eradicated. Woo! Okay, so I think we had enough where we talked enough for today. So let's take a break and pick up next episode for the last eight BPDs. So stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe. So this info was found on the CDC Pink Book, and it is a great resource to get. And if you want more in that information, we co- recommend checking out the CDC for our website, vforvaccination.wordpress.com. Our website will soon have all the information on the VPDs discussed today, along with topics on COVID-19 and some other useful information, so definitely check it out. Thank you for listening. Tune in next episode where we'll discuss the remaining eight VPDs. For more information or to submit any questions for us, check out our website, vforvaccination.wordpress.com, and check us out on Instagram at vforvax. Thanks.